this week on Invasion of the Podcast, the purple one leaves us blue. And we discuss if it's important to stick to source material or is it okay to try new things. And we play a game like it's 1999. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. The book was better, Stedman. And to my left, as always, is Joe. The movie was better, Peters. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. The movies and the books, uh, there, there's very few movies that are better than the source materials. Yeah, and I think we could have an interesting discussion <laughs> about that. There's got to be something out there. I know there's a few. Yeah. Uh, I know there's pieces of certain movies that the were better than the books. We'll that, get that's in. true. We'll yeah. get into that. So before we get to news, which we have sad news to get to, yeah. I want to want to make an announcement that uh, officially today we have um, we've we've bit off more than we could chew, and we're terrified of this. But we're going to be doing a live show, yeah, at the Odd Mall down in Akron. Um, that is going to be um, the Saturday, the the thirtieth, right? Uh, Four o'clock. Um, we'll put the details up on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, come see us. Because uh, you'll see us like freak out like we're Garth in Wayne's World when they go live. Right. And just like, we're just going to stare into nothing and not say any words. Yeah, and like we can't use our um, our stand-ins for all the PR stuff this time. It's actually going to be us. Yeah, so come check it out. We'll, we're going to have some giveaways. We'll have some fun. Oh, yeah, giveaways. Yeah, we're gonna have, we have a, we have uh, a, we have a ton, ton of, of stuff. Oh, my God, I forgot that. That damn loot crate again. <laughs> I've had uh, the last final loot crate that I forgot to shut off. Has been sitting on my desk for probably about three or four weeks well, now. So there we go. We got some more stuff. To you know what? We, you know what? I'm not going to open it. I'm just going to open that bad boy. You know, maybe we'll just give the whole damn thing away unopened. Maybe. I mean, what if there's something really cool in it, though? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that we've kept things from these loot crates in the past. No. I, as I pet my stuff, the uh, face hugger that he's so I, cute. He is cute. His name is Ralph. I don't know what his name. Ralph, Ralph the Facehugger. That's a good name. It's a good name. Uh, but Odd Mall, like it's going to be Saturday, April thirtieth, Sunday, May first, at the uh, John S. Knight Center. That's um, seventy-seven East Mill Street in Akron, Ohio. Uh, there are tickets available. Our friend Tim with Midwest Best Grooming Company is going to be there with the yes. booth. So he'll also be autographing beards. I think. I don't know if he'll be doing that. I Maybe. think he said he's going to autograph beards. So yeah. if you want to get your beard signed, um, or he can do a print. Of of another beard and sign it for you. <laughs> he just like dips it in like India ink and then mm-hmm. just presses it down. He does. Like it's like a Rorschach with oh, beards. Oh yeah, I'm totally telling him he's doing that. I'm gonna get him like a bucket of ink and then like what he'll do is you you come up and you you have your Midwest Bex picture and then he'll just dunk his beard on it like a stamp. And you know what? 
He would do that. I can he see would. him doing that. So yeah. So I'm go. texting him after the show to let him know he's doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll be there. Um, uh, you know, uh, we will. We may not be alive at the end of it, but we're going to try. It's going to be. It's going to be an experiment. It's going to be us celebrating and, our one year. So why not do it live in front of some people? Yeah, this is going to be our like our one year anniversary show live. We it was funny. We kind of by happenstance stumbled across this a little bit. Like we Oddmall Oddmall was on our radar. And to give you guys an idea, like before you jump onto the website to check it out, Odd Mall is a. It was originally set up as a a merchant vendor type um, convention for cosplayers, and it, it also has like a lot of other things. Like I know there's there's crafting, um, there's toy collecting, things like that. Uh, but it's basically just like oddities and, and kind of like in the realm of like nerdiness, sci-fi, things like that. Um, but they're trying to turn it into more of a con. Uh, you know, so they're actually doing panels this year, um, and they're going to have a few other guests there. I think they are going to have like some comic vendors and things, but yeah, um, this was I think the first year that they actually had panels and vendors. And there's a few other panels. I think they're having like a paranormal activity type panel. Uh, with some guys who do like ghost hunting, it, so- it sounded like. I would hope that there's actually nobody hosting the panel, but every so often, like a door closes slowly, or like some papers ruffle. And yeah, you're just waiting. You're like, well, you wait for a whole hour, and then that's you're like, oh shit, that happened. I think they're on after us. If I yeah. looked right, so I'm totally gonna come up with some stuff and mess with them. That'd be great. So yeah, if you guys are gonna show up, think of some fun stuff we can do for the ghost hunters. Uh, but anyway, um, we'll be on at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, check out the Odd Mall. Um, yeah, that's Saturday the 30th. And yeah. then, yeah, Odd Mall. Um, yeah, they, they have a Facebook page. It's uh, They also have a website. Uh, yeah, please check them out. And then there are, there's going to be probably also a lot of Cleveland or Ohio local stuff there. Right. So I um, know we, we always talk we're, we're Cleveland, and we are going to dip down into Akron because it is it, Akron's close enough to Cleveland. I mean, I feel like Cleveland as a whole, until you get really south in Ohio, like Columbus, Cincinnati, I feel like Cleveland has a big footprint around everything else around it uh, yeah. as far as, like, its culture. So Yeah, so we look forward to that. Uh, come watch us walk a higher wire act. And it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So um, that was fun, but now we got to get to some some news. Which, even though it's going to say good news, it is not good news. Good news, everyone. No, no good news. No so good news. First bit, real quick. Uh, Microsoft announced that the Xbox 360 is no longer in production, meaning that they're not making any new systems. Um, they're going to focus mainly on the Xbox One and yeah. then whatever else comes after that, I'm sure. But over 10 years, the system was in uh, production. Yeah, I remember getting my 360 years ago. Yeah, and like, I mean, did you did you see that system having that long of a lifespan? 10 years? Yeah. No, because the original Xbox didn't. Yeah. Like, the I mean, original Xbox, what did that go? Maybe four or five years yeah because i mean that's you're right like i mean because uh playstation 2 even though that thing had some legs on it just because Sony yeah, kept supporting it well it um, was it was like it was one of those things like i swear like and people still buy them for this like you know um th- like they bought it for like a dvd player you know yeah because like, it, 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 it's actually i mean if you it was a decent dvd player back yeah. in the day you know and because sony had the rights to dvds they slapped it in their system um, and then, uh, I know like nowadays it's like, you know, same thing with Blu-ray players. The PS3, uh, was a Blu-ray player. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, well, I think, I think Sony acknowledged and well, I mean, I know they tried to purposely create 
a multimedia device. And I know um, Microsoft picked up on that as well. I mean, like, obviously, the 360 can play DVDs, but they, they had their ill-fated uh, hookup with a HD DVD because they, they chose that versus Blu-ray. And there was that separate drive, if you remember mm-hmm. that. It was yeah, only around for, that. like, a hot minute. But just in, just in general, like, I use my 360 daily still. And it's mainly, though, just for surfing, like, like Netflix, Hulu, um, a wrestling network that I won't name by name. Okay, I'll name it by name. WWE Network. You should check it out right now. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> but, I, well, we'll get to some wrestling news in a second. I'll just say this. I finally finished my 20-part series <laughs> of Monday about Night, Night, Night Wars. Wars. Again, I don't understand how there's 20 hours of television about that, but there's only like eight hours of television about the U.S. American Civil War. You know, like I don't understand how that, but whatever. I watched it, I, I and I, I survived the Monday Night Wars. So now I can watch regular television again. I feel like I've been un- unhandcuffed from like that commitment because I'm, I'm bad about that. Like what once I start you, watching, what something, are you looking to jump into? Um, I'm just trying to get caught back up. Like oh, okay. I'm like I, I it's so bad. This is the most television that I have watched in a, a concurrent season, like actual ongoing television. Like I'll like, I, I was much better. I was much happier with oh Netflix added a new season of something and I'll burn through that. Now I've been watching stuff week to week and it's killing me. Like I have, I have all my CW stories. I have uh, <laughs> my CW story. You know, like I have my crazy ex-girlfriend, which that finally wrapped. I need to get caught up on that. I uh, got flash arrow legends of tomorrow. So that's, ah. that's four shows on the CW. Um, and I've heard the 100's pretty good, so I'm afraid to watch that because I'll get I'll get suckered into you that. Get sucked into it. Uh, Agents of Shield, um, and I, Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah, Bob's Burgers, and Last Man on Earth. Like I have a lot of things that yeah, I'm, you do. yeah, and like I now I feel like if I don't watch one of them, that somehow I'm like letting like a Nielsen family down, and then they won't get renewed. So I have like this weird paranoia about it. So so yeah, I could finally watch regular TV again. My stories, my superhero stories. Superhero so, stories, yeah. but yeah, that's why I use the 360 for a lot of that. But we have an Xbox One; it has the same capabilities. But I just always grab the 360 controller. I don't know why I do that. Versus, yeah, that's weird. Like I have them side by side too, and I never turn my 360 on anymore. No, oh, so I mean, do you still have games for your 360 or no? Uh-uh. No, nothing. <laughs> so then, why do you have your 360 still? Well, because you know, if I want to use it as a media device ever, because like I could theoretically, I'm I'm about to put it into the bedroom because we have a smart TV in the bedroom, and um. The processor on it's kind of kind of crappy, like it's really slow when we load stuff up. Like it, like it takes a while to load all the movies in or TV shows on Netflix okay. or Hulu. Like I gotta wait for them all to load, and as I'm cycling through them, I'm like, I know what I want to watch, just load it. <laughs> and um, you know, I think with the 360 having a little more processing power, I'll just be able to turn that on quicker and it'll be a little easier. Yeah. Um. So. Because we have a we have a Wii in our bedroom just for that reason, just for TV. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Because I have Hulu, Netflix on. On that, I just use it for that. Sorry, <laughs> it was a long day. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a long day. Um, uh, but I I I don't know. Like, I still use my 360. I since I have the Xbox Live subscription, there's still always games that come out or so often. I'm like, I got to get that. But a lot of it's now backwards compatible for Xbox One, mm-hmm. so not everything overlaps. But some of it does. Well, the only thing that's kind of nice is like games with gold. Like you get yeah. the free stuff. Um, you get a little bit more with. 360 like you'll get an older 360 titles um i saw wolf and among us was free yeah this 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 month which that is great if, if you, you guys have not played wolf among us yeah yeah that's the whole series um it's a telltale game uh if you haven't played it it's free with gold on xbox pick it up sit down and play it. it'll probably be one of the most enjoyable games you've played that that, that uh is almost like a tv show 
Yeah, it's good stuff. So uh, anyway, um, Boyne Voyage uh, 360, I know you're still around, um, but the fact that they stopped making it, that just shows that you know time is moving on. It was a good system. Uh, I, I A lot of people kind of were not for it when it first launched just because of it failing all the time. And oh, my people, God. And it a lot was people riddled were, with problems. And people felt that they weren't ready for the next console yet, and it's just like... I, I've had I had one red ring. You remember the red rings of death? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the final red ring has been done. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, favorite three sixty game. Three sixty game. Yeah. Jeez, it's hard. If you're going to talk exclusives, because there's a lot of games. That That's came true. Out there is some overlap. Um, honestly, the first Gears of War. That's good. Um, That's because a really, really good game. It, it was kind of groundbreaking in in the. In the the over-the-shoulder action games, mm-hmm. um, and the multiplayer. Like, I spent, God, a good amount of time online uh, with some of our blockbuster compatriots playing uh, um, Gears of War, the, just the four-person the, okay. squad multiplayer. Like, I, you know, late nights, you know, you get off of work at 11 o'clock at night, go home, you know, everybody else is in bed, just fire up some Gears for, like, two or three hours and then go to bed. Yeah. That I did that. That was that was a lot of my after shift activities after because <laughs> everything else is closed. Everyone's yeah. in bed. So that's how I played a lot of Warcraft. Like a lot of yeah. WoW was because of the middle of the night. Yeah. But I remember that with the 360 a lot, and and I think there were like a few other games that really kind of stood out. But um, well, I, I not, you're talking about like exclusives that that might be a little tougher. But like the original Dead Space, I enjoyed that a great deal. Terrify the life out of me. Um, I also think back to what else did I like? I mean, like the Arkham Asylum. Like when that first came out, too. That was yeah. that was really good. Uh, I still have a stack of games that I have not gotten to that I know I should. And I, I'm slowly. Hey, I've gotten a couple more hours further into Mass oh, Effect Three. By the way, speaking of games, you need to get to. You need to hurry up and finish Red Dead because they I know. They, they leaked out this the prequel map. Yeah. Which I'm so stoked for. Like I loved Red Dead Redemption. I, well, like okay, so maybe you could help me with this, and and um, just or audience in general, please help me with this. My nerd time management is absolute crap right now. Like I come home from work, like um, like uh, now that I'm done with the 20 hours of wrestling uh, documentary for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, but the other night it was like Monday night, and I'm like, oh, I got to get this stuff done. I got to get stuff done. I'm like, you probably should watch Raw. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Winter Soldier. I'll just put that on for a minute. Two and a half hours later, that's it. Yeah. That was my night. That's it. I watched Captain America: Winter Soldier, which I don't regret doing because that's a great movie. Yeah, it is. And it's getting me psyched for Civil War. Civil War. Um, and then also now that I re- realize what the Russos look like, I see one of them clearly in the movie now. Oh, really? Yeah. Like uh, he's Nick Fury's doctor, and and when they're in the the dam. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's one of the Russo brothers, and he actually has some uh, dialogue. I forgot about it. So he's in there. He's in there with the Fury, uh, Black Widow, and Captain America and Falcon, and it's like. What are you doing in there? You know, you're a Russo. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, but no powers other than directing powers. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. And then yeah, we were walking down East Ninth and went to the uh, the Indians game yesterday. And I was like, look, there's Winter Soldier's house right there. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that bank, the on, bank, that bank on the corner. Uh, it's like, don't go to the basement. It's angry prospect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't like I I um, other than trying to catch up on all the TV that I feel like I'm like being a bad person not watching for whatever reason. I just have not had time to play any games. I don't know where this time's going. I feel like that's all I do. I do the opposite. I don't watch TV. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get caught up on Legends Tomorrow and Flash and, and, and Arrow. And like I'll come home and I'll be like, well, what do I want to do? I'll be like, uh, 
Is anybody on? Oh yeah, people are playing Division. I'm gonna play the Division for like two hours, or like um, they just released a new hero on Heroes of the Storm, uh, Tracer. So oh, nice. like if you pre-ordered um, Overwatch, Overwatch, which I did, then you get Tracer for free. So I've been playing Heroes of the Storm because Tracer is actually a fun character to play. So are you gonna play Overwatch on PC or um, PC? Okay, yeah, not console. No, oh. which is weird because like. I've gotten so used to playing first-person shooters on a console, and I haven't played a PC first-person shooter in a while. I did play the beta of Overwatch, so I I got I got I got enough like getting getting back on the bike using a mouse and keyboard with a first-person okay. shooter, so it wasn't bad. Um, but really, Overwatch is totally Heroes of the Storm with first-person shooter. Um, so yeah, I'm probably going to pick it up for a console. That's I've told myself I'm not going to buy any new games, but I'm going to have to get Overwatch, and I just don't know which one to get it for because I, like, I have Why don't you get it for the PC? Because my PC, which is wonderful for making podcasts, doesn't seem to want to run these games very well anymore. So, uh, I get you. like, Heroes of the Storm is like as draggy as all hell. Like, I just it doesn't want to oh. be smooth. So, trying to play a first-person shooter, like, it plays World of Warcraft okay. Except when you get into like the big, big raid situations, that starts to get a little bit like this. This uh, computer is probably about what four years old now, so it's starting to kind of yeah. get towards the end. Mine's that like, way too. I don't, like, I don't want to hear. I'm, I'm doing the old yellow thing right now. Like it's okay. It's don't sh- don't sh- 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 go lay down. Go yeah, lay down. That's, yeah, I'll go take it out behind the shed yeah. and shoot it later. Computer pooped while you're at work on the floor. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's know. he's getting old. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll probably end up buying it for a console, but anyway, wow, that was a, that was a tangent right there. Yeah. Look um, what, look what you did. Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Look like, and so anyway, uh, yeah. other news, um, uh, China's dead. There China's you go. That's, that, that's no segue into that. China. But, yeah. If you guys don't know who China is, she was a, uh, a WWE superstar, uh, during the attitude era. Um, which oddly enough, I watched a lot about that recently. Right. During so the Monday should, Night Wars. you should know more than I do. Uh, being, being, well, I wouldn't say I probably no. do know a fair amount now. Yeah, uh, but like she was a pioneer in that industry because, um, like, if you look at like the WWE right now, and you look at the women's wrestling division, it is it has come leaps and bounds in the period between then, um, because you had a period where where China was kind of like like um i don't want to say an oddity but she was just not well they called her the ninth wonder of the world so i mean so that was the whole yeah stock and trade there was that she was the, the bodyguard of triple h and she was alongside the ring and she could beat somebody up if they they got she, out of line yeah she was she was she was the only if not one of the few women who actually was an, an intercontinental champion yeah, like most of the time in in the wrestling business, the women are completely separate into their division, and I mean China was was she was she was pretty big, like she actually you know she she could do a lot of the power moves that you see some of the larger male wrestlers do right that you don't see some of the more uh, smaller like I mean not to have a wrestling talk again but like a lot of the wrestlers you see now in the women's uh, division. Like they're they're more about like acrobatics and theatrics and, te- and technique as opposed to like power, right? And in terms of their performance, and I love that stuff. I'm much more high flying. I think I secretly am like a luchador. Like I just I, I love that style of wrestling. Okay. Yeah. Um. And that's the women's wrestling does a lot of that. But she was like, but China had power. I'll, yeah. I'll pick them up and throw them down. Like, right. That's like that's what she was doing. So, but she held she held the women's championship title and the intercontinental championship title at the same time. Yeah. Which that doesn't happen um, either. And she was yeah. a number one contender contender she never actually wrestled for it, but she was a contender for 
the World Heavyweight title. And the first um, female to be a part of the Royal Rumble, too. Yes. So, yeah, so it's just, um, it, it's a shame. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of these situations where you see wrestlers that they don't make it very far after like the bulk of their career. Right. And it, it's surprising me that Mick Foley's still alive. Well, <laughs> like, honestly. You know, she left on bad terms because she was, she was uh, aside from her ring persona as being Triple H's bodyguard, they were a couple for a long time. Yeah. You know, and then they split up, and then shortly after she left the WWE, and then Triple H, of course, was dating the boss's daughter. Yeah. So that made it weird. Um, but, you know, and then China, <laughs> China had like a slew of problems. I just like that you're just like... It, things got weird for a minute. That made it kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, she had she had a slew of problems. I mean, she she did Playboy, she did porn. There were uh, some dependency issues there she too. She had drug, yeah. yeah. She had drug issues. Um, you know, the, a lot of the, a lot of this happens to wrestlers. You know, because it's like you have one job. Um, I mean, God, like that the movie The Wrestler, Aaron Efke's, uh movie The Wrestler. I mean, mm-hmm. really sums up a lot of these people's lives after they're kind of done with the ring, unless you're like freaking Hulk Hogan or John Cena making millions of dollars. Yeah. You, know, you can't just come off of a career, uh, you know, of being a wrestler and live comfortably. You know, some people f- slip into this. Uh, but, you know, I think she actually did go over to Japan and she was, um, she's doing like teaching work. Like she was teaching people or teaching kids English in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she, she did some did do some good stuff, but um, you know she passed away. I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, mm-hmm. She was only forty six years old. That's my point. Is like, yeah. I mean, uh, sure. That's the, why I was the, really shocked that she died. Yeah, it's like uh, there is chemical dependencies, and you you hear these tragic stories. It just it still feels like though that when you're a professional wrestler and you put your body on the line all the time, that that stuff adds up. And some of these guys don't make it very far after. Just like a professional football player, it's like you throw yourself around. And it's like, you know, your body can only take so much just, you know, abuse. And so, like, it's unfortunate. And and she, for 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 what wrestling is, um, and some people don't take it seriously, she advanced it forward for a lot of women to find opportunity in the entertainment, uh, mm-hmm. sports entertainment industry. So we need to recognize that. I And it's like, I think for the, as, a, as a piece of where they're at right now with it, I think she'd be really, I mean, she probably was really happy with where it was at. Cause I mean, there was an era after attitude where it was just kind of a big joke, yeah. you know, and, and, and it kind of made me sad because like, you know, looking at, you know, I hate to like, you know, put them down, but like, you know, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, I mean, it was pretty much just like beautiful women in the ring, kind of like, like, um, pulling each other's hair. There was nothing to it. Like there is now, there was no technical wrestling, like you said, um, some of them would try to put on a little bit of a match, but it was, it was, I mean, they had brawn panty matches for Christ's sake, yeah. um, which was really terrible and <laughs> nobody, nobody enjoyed that was a wrestling fan. It was just pretty much watching TNA. And <clears throat> I think it's now at a piece where China, uh, would have wanted it to be. And it makes me really sad because like where the women's division is now, especially like with, um, uh, like Becky Lynch and Charlotte, uh, and, and Paige and all of like these, these great wrestlers and Sasha Banks. It's like, it would have been awesome to have China around. Um, maybe, you know, if she had gotten some of her act together or cleaned up a little bit, you know, to get her into the hall of fame when she was alive. Cause I'm pretty sure the WWE will put her in the hall of fame, uh, yeah. which is, which makes me a little sad because like, it shouldn't have to come to this for you guys to do that. I understand the WWE tries to keep its PG image for, a lot of their viewers and for some political reasons, but 
and and it's you know it's when it comes to like you know it's like oh you've got a you've got a bad history with drugs and you did some porn, you know. There's people they put in the WWE that have done some other stuff too. Well, like I said, or the, I'm sorry, the was, Hall of Fame. No, they actually had a wrestler. His whole gimmick was that he was supposed to be a male porn star, and that was Val Venus, right? And they had him with Jenna Jameson cutting promos. It's like you know, you know what you did, you know, right. and it's like you know where you were, and like I don't think I think that's kind of a shallow reason to keep them out. Um, but I, but your point is is correct. Same thing with like sports Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like I don't like that it takes someone to not be around to realize that, oh, we should put them in there. I don't like that because it's like, appreciate the person while they're here. Give them the opportunity to let people know we do really appreciate your work as opposed to giving, like, I don't like having, you know, oh, the they're gone. Like, yeah, you know, they're gone. So let's let's do this now let's, because... Yeah, let's put them in the Hall of Fame and they don't even know. Right. That, that's, that, that's, you know, that bothers me. At least Ultimate Warrior got in. Like, before he uh, before he checked out, it was like, like what, not even a week later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least he got to wear a tux. Right. You know? But, like, so. yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, and you know what's going to happen. Like, I'm going to be a little little salty if it happens this year at WrestleMania if they put her in there. Yeah. Do you think Prince gets in the Hall of Fame now? I mean, celebrity Wing, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they put Snoop Dogg in. Well, I'm not so. talking about WWE. I'm just talking, like, oh. Rock and Hall. It's like Rock Hall of Fame. It's like, by the way, Prince, and unless he's already in. Was he already in? No, I don't think I he don't was think in. I don't think he was in, no. Because he played at the Rock and Hall Hall like ceremony a few years oh, ago. Oh, the Rock Hall? I yeah. think I think WWE Hall of Fame. No, no. Uh God, I don't know. I've been to the Rock Hall in a while. Okay. Um I'm gonna look he, it up while we're talking you know about it. That's yeah, that's a good question. And like I was, we I was transitioning. Also, Prince is dead. We so. were we were talking about that the other day because we drove past the Rock Hall and I was like, I really would like them to put on another exhibit because I went to the Rock Hall once. No, once or no, I went twice. I don't remember. It, uh but like uh, when I went, I remember just thinking, like, you know, walking through, and I was just like, eh, this is kind of cool. And then I think they had a – was it Bruce Springsteen exhibit? There was one, yeah. I think I went when they had the Springsteen exhibit, and I remember going up into, like, the atrium area where they had more of the stuff. Oh, by and the was, way, he was inducted in 2004. I, Prince I, was? Yeah. My, okay. My mistake. I should know. No, that. no, no, no. That's yeah. fine. But yeah, it was kind of cool because I was just like, oh, this is a lot different from the normal exhibits. So it was nice. And I was like, well, I'd go if they did like, you know, another, another, you know, famous musician. So I think it'd be really cool if they put on like a big Prince Why uh, not? exhibit. Yeah. I think this would be perfect. Yeah. Um, so. Well, I, I went to the Rock Hall when they had the John Lennon exhibit. This was years and years and years ago. That was important to me. And then I ended up going whenever um, was they, they, they had a whole thing about Tommy with the who mm. and they had like so they'll take that like they used to take like that top floor and just do yeah like individual artists and i still think they do they do and um, that's what i that's what i like is that top floor area yeah so yeah prince has passed away uh, this the shocker i mean china shocked us too because she's young and the prince also because it's like it's prince but it was really so bizarre and like yeah like day it back to back like i woke up this morning and i saw china pass away i was like whoa whoa I was like, that's that's ridiculous. And then, like, I was at work and everybody was talking about Prince and his estate, and like the cops were there. And I'm like, nah. I'm like, something had to have gone down. I don't think he's dead, and he was dead. It's like, where's Morris Day? Morris Day at the time? Where are they at? You know, <laughs> no. But uh, I just think, in terms of like uh, all things pop culture that we do talk about and celebrate, like uh, Purple Rain is the first CD I bought. I remember because I was like, I got a CD player. It's like I had to go out and buy a good CD. And I was like, I got Purple Rain, which I mean, that album had been out for a long time, but it's like, that's the, it's the only album I could think of. Actually, it's one of two albums that I've owned on cassette, CD, and record. I went out and got the vinyl later. And the oh, other wow. one was a permanent vacation, Aerosmith. I don't know. Like, I like that album a lot, actually. But it just, it was really important. And like, I love that album. Uh, I can't say that I've enjoyed all Prince's music. I'll say that I enjoy a lot of it. 
Uh, and that's a guy that no one could ever tell him no because he's just going to go ahead and do it his own way anyway. Right. Yeah. And he made a, he made his own way. He's like, I don't need musicians. I'll just make all the music myself. Right. And it's like, who does that? Yeah. You know, like, like just, I. How do you know how many instruments he played? All of them. Yeah. Like, it was like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like I just. I mean, literally, like he knew everything, and it's just. Uh, and I just. Did you see? Uh, what was it? The Did you see the one episode of New Girl that he was in? No, I heard it was actually pretty funny. It was really funny. He had like this pet butterfly that he could command, <laughs> and it was just like completely something like Prince would do. Like this butterfly was like on his shoulder, like a parrot. And that's he funny. would talk to it and tell it to do things, and it would go do them. See, that's that's amazing, and, and I, like, I want to I I, believe uh, that really happened. I, <laughs> I, I feel like it really did. I was like, I was like, that's awesome. Just you know, like the world got a lot less strange and fun with David Bowie passing away, and then this is just like it is. It's like man, like that's just uh, that's just a bummer. And I, yeah. you know, and, and I just I mean, you think about him, like it's really early too, because he was only fifty-seven. Yeah, and. Like, there was nothing, I mean, and sometimes stars, when they go through, like, whatever health struggles they have, like, no one knew Alan Rickman was really suffering, and he was gone, you know, like, so. Right. Like, who, so, there's rumors that Prince had some problems, but they didn't really, they just said it was the flu, and so it makes you really wonder if he'd been battling something for a long time, or if this is just something that's sudden. Right. And, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, like, it's just, it, you just think about these people that are, like, these, these foundational pieces of, of your music appreciation, and I mean, I, of course, everybody has to go sometime, but man, that, that was just kind of a surprise. Right. And, but yeah, just, um, you know, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Purple one, you know, yeah. like, so do you have, like, are you a Prince fan or are you not a Prince fan? I, I'm not a, I'm not bat, a bat dance fan. Are you a bat dance fan? A bat dance fan. I, I am not a huge Prince fan. I'm, I don't dislike him or anything. Like, you're not a big I fan just, of Erotic City? You're not a big fan no, of that? No. I never really got into Prince's music. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that sounds terrible. That's not terrible. It's just, you know, you just, you've missed part of your life. That's all. But uh, no. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah. So that was some news. So we're going to get to, we're, we're, we're going to get back into our, our um, learning mode that we've been doing the past couple weeks here with some more vital information about Civil War. Yeah. So uh, we get, we're going to documentary you up here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is like a 16 part series on VHS only that we got another excerpt from a uh, Civil War documentary. The Civil War continued along an ugly path in the pages of Civil War Issue 4 as Tony Stark's pro-registration heroes faced off for the first time against Captain Steve Rogers and his Secret Avengers. Stark unleashed a cybernetic abomination of Stark Tech and Asgardian DNA known as Ragnarok. Presumed to be dead, Thor Odinson had been missing for some time when Mr. Stark, along with the help of Dr. Richards, used a hair of Thor to clone and create a cybernetic version of the demigod. When the heroes clashed inside the pages of Civil War, it was all but one-sided as Ragnarok laid waste to the anti-registration group. At this battle, though, the anti-registration group would gain much-needed ground, but at a grave cost. William Foster, also known as Goliath, would find his end at the hands of this false Thor. This event set into motion many things. Previous fence-sitters like Jennifer Walters, as well as Susan and Jonathan Storm, decided to back Captain Rogers. But none so pivotal as the changing of side of Mr. Peter Parker. Realizing the severity of the Civil War and backing the wrong side, Mr. Parker changed from being a pro-registration to anti-registration. Not till some issues later, though, would the demigod Hercules prove that Ragnarok, that 
thou art not Thor by burying Mjolnir into his cybernetic head. Poetically avenging his former Avenger, Mr. Foster. And now for our feature presentation. I figured that was a good segue into uh, talking about the main thing here, which is a uh, source material. Source material, yeah. Um, so we've been really comic book heavy uh, lately, or comic book movie heavy, and I, th- I think this will, this will of course tie into this. It's a little bit of TV show, but um, we want to talk about a little bit of the merging of the two or TV shows, or more or less, because a lot of the things we all love end up becoming movies or TV shows because somebody else loves them and they're like, I. I want to translate this into another medium to share with other people. Yeah, so like at the beginning of the, the show when I said, uh, oh, the book was better, or all oh, the movie was better, uh, the, the reason I was thinking of this is because Game of Thrones comes out on Sunday, which, just throw that on the pile of things I want to start watching, you know, so... Yeah. yeah. And I want to apologize, too, right now. Uh, I feel like we might be doing a little disservice to some of the listeners because I, I don't watch Walking Dead, or, and I stopped watching Game of Thrones. So well, I know that's a huge... You could have just faked it this entire time and have been uh, fine. No, I mean, I, I did watch the first two seasons of Walking Dead, and I did watch Game of Thrones up to season four, but... Um, I like, was hoping you'd start making up things about the shows that didn't actually happen. <laughs> You're like, oh, I remember that time those oh, dragons yeah. all started fighting each other, and then they just blew up half of Westeros. That was crazy, man. You know? um, no, but I, I, I feel... Aquaman came back. I feel bad because we do a big show about pop culture, and I think those are two monsters of pop culture right now in our society i mean i did read i did read a lot of walking dead i didn't read any game of thrones but um you know i'm sure people are probably sitting out there like man when are they gonna do game of thrones episode when they gonna do walking dead episode so (laughs) well you know it could be a long time coming like i'm caught up on walk not walking dead uh, game of thrones tv anyway I, i i started reading the books um and by started, I mean i got into the first one and it's it, so Look, luckily i have enough friends who have read the books and like I've had a lot of things spoiled to me because oh, of that. Yeah. Um, which that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit too. That's another yeah, thing too yeah. is spoilers. And it was so funny. Uh, a couple people have like started conversations at work and I like, I walked into one of them and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And then they're like, they look at me and then they just kept going. And then I'm like, Sons of bitches! I did not know that happened, and now I don't want to watch a show tomorrow. Yeah, that almost that almost happened to me a couple of days ago with Better Call Saul, and everyone's like, "You see the season finale?" And I I literally jammed my fingers in my ears yeah. while I was sitting at my desk. And I'm like, "You guys are going to talk about this? I don't want to know." But anyway, getting yeah. back to source material. So <laughs> I mean, let's talk about those two shows and their source material right now. Yeah. So uh, Game of Thrones, uh, the books themselves are not yet complete. The whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, George R. R. Martin um, decided to do a victory lap for like four years about like, you know, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, he's been working on stuff, but it just feels like he was also being like a social butterfly running around doing everything. And the plan was for the books to be finished by the time they got to him, a production order for the TV series. And he just didn't do it. So this season is the first season, like last season, to, like kind of got to the very end of where the books were in terms of the main plot. Like they kind of, there was some stuff there that was added that wasn't in the book, um, but for the most part, it, was, it stayed true to what was going on this season. Like it, going forward, like main story wise, this has not been written in the books yet. So this is the first time that like people that have been all about reading the books for years, they don't know what's going to happen. So they're in the same boat as all the TV people, right? And I think a lot of a lot of people like they always like me and my buddy always joke because it's like we've got readers and watchers, 
and you know the watchers are the people who started fresh with the show like i i was like he was a reader for game of thrones i was a reader for walking dead and he was a watcher for walking dead so he read game of thrones i watched it he watched walking dead i read it yeah so we would always kind of like compare notes a little bit <laughs> um and like he was real passionate about it. like he tried to watch game of thrones and he's just like no they they did they did my boy stannis wrong He's like, he's like, I can't watch it. You See, know. there you go. That's that's kind of like, um, so I, I guess I'm torn because like I have a, I understand that like the the loving a book so much that you don't want them to screw up the movie, right? Um, and I also understand like loving a movie and then you go read the book, you're like, well, maybe you know, like this is not what what I thought it was. Like a big example of this, that I just thought about this right now is uh, Forrest Gump. Like the book is a lot more like slapstick goofy and it's not as serious. And then the movie, it's like very like you want to ball your eyes out and, it, and the tone is completely different. And even the author of the book's like, that's not my movie, you know? So it's right. like, but that movie won Academy Awards. It's like, it may, it may not have aged terribly well, but I still really like Forrest Gump a great deal. And it took a book that was very goofy. It made it into an important, like kind of like coming of age or living through the times, like type of snapshot. And I feel like in this instance, the movie's actually better than the book, but the book made me laugh really hard while I was reading it. Right. If that if that makes sense. No, like, it does. Just, yeah. Because there's a lot of times when like some movies will hit like a couple nails on the head with things like um, uh, we talk about like the mist. Um, that's as a, an that's example, a good one. and yeah, like a lot really of things that Frank Darabont touches, which Frank Darabont was the uh, showrunner for Walking Dead when it kicked off. Um, and so, then he got kicked off. And then he got kicked off. <laughs> but. Um, uh, the mist, like the ending to the mist, was uh, phenomenally better, I think, with the movie than what you you know you had told me, like with the book. Yeah, like and then and, and even it's a compliment to Darabont when Stephen King says, "I like that ending better." Yeah, you know that's that's like you know. So yeah. you what like what was the ending in the book like? To, so to okay. to kind of just like phrase the two together. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! I'm going to say, right, if you guys have not watched The Mist, please just stop this podcast. Go watch that movie. It's a hell of a good horror movie. It is Thomas Jane's really good in it. It's these people yeah. just stuck in a supermarket, and you begin to wonder. You want some good tension. If the people in the supermarket are were like more of a threat to each other than what could be potentially outside, it's like it's really, really, really good. So, And I'm going to ruin it for you right now if you've not seen it. So that's what I'm saying, please. Uh, so in the book... Um, this mist rolls in. It becomes very much like uh, like Half Life Two, like very creepy, like you know weird it, stuff yeah. inside the mist, unexplainable, yeah. like but, giant bugs, spiders, like big, huge, crawl, walking, walking tree stalk creatures, and like just messed up stuff, right? Yeah. Like, like spiders with like twelve I, legs. It's really just me- creepy things, right? right? And you know they have like acid webs and yeah things like that. But like it's very, I like to think of it as like a like a like a. Uh, a Lovecraft esque, like another dimension creatures yeah, it, you can't wrap your mind around. Basically, like we did something, and the book is like the book kind of implies that like the military was doing something, and they kind of like they opened a door, and this kind of just creeped out. So it's like, but it's almost like um, it in the book it's kind of implied that this is like they don't know how far this has reached, but it's kind of like you know you open the door for a little bit, and this mist rolls out, and whatever's in you know, it's like basically like a breath from another world, and it just kind of is there, you know, it's kind of on top of ours, yeah. And it's like things just go wrong. So in the book, 
Um, they all they're on the jeep. They get out of the supermarket and they're heading like north. And they're listening to the radio, and there's like hints that there's other survivors out there. Mm-hmm. And then the big lumbering creature crosses their path, so they realize that like maybe this isn't as like isolated as they thought. And it's kind of like this whole like like parts unknown, which the the movie does that too. It does until give the you, end. It does give you a scope where you know they see that that giant tree stalk creature, and they're just like, oh god, this is a lot worse than we thought it was. Yeah, and then there's the whole idea of like, well, we're out there and we're not going to make it. So I got to make some decisions. Right. And then it just, and it's like, it, it's, it's a great ending and it really kind of, it, it draws everything else. I don't know. It's a, it, it's a, it's a the nice book, the book ending or the, no, movie? the movie ending. Oh, like, okay. It yeah. just, it, it's a nice bow, like a nice screw you bow on top of everything. Like one of the best gut punch endings I've seen in a movie. The only and, thing like, I hate about that ending is that Thomas we- Jane screaming. No, I would scream too if I had my Kit Kat and I didn't know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> that's that's not relevant to the movie. There's a joke, inside joke we had. Uh, um, but the the only thing I hate is the the lady at the end. You see, oh yeah, because she's in, so judgmental. No, no, not Marsha Gay Harden. No, the 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 girl in the 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 troop vehicle. Going yeah, by yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. That just made me mad. Yeah. She was on so, there. That anyway. was the only thing I hate about that. So. Getting back to this point, like, so I've read The Mist. I enjoyed The Mist. Um, and I was able to appreciate, like, hey, you took this novella and and got everything about it that I that I loved, and you turned it into a hell of a movie. So hats off to you. And Darabont's really good at interpreting King. Like, he, he takes, I think he's taken most of his work and made it really good. Uh, yeah, like Shawshank, like Shawshank Redemption, Redemption, Green, Green Mile. Mile. Yeah. yeah, like, so he's done... He's done good work. So, um, but then you get other people that try to take Stephen King stuff and try to take try to take the big books, the big like thousand page books, and turn them into movies. And then there's problems, right? Like you can't fit all of that into a two hour movie. And I think that's the problem where people are like, "Well, it was, the book was better." It's like, yeah, the book can be as long as it needs to be, and you could be you could take as much time as you want yeah, to get books, through it. Books are a little different, and you can tell when certain books are put out into movies and they're condensed and things that they kind of cut. Um, like I, I remember, um, watching hunger games and, uh, like I had never read the books and I watched the first movie and I felt like a little bit like, like I wasn't given enough to eat. Oh really? Cause like, I felt the movie was better than the book. Really? Yeah. See, I, and, and like I talked to a couple people, uh, who had read the book and they're like, no, this happens in the book. And I'm like, I just didn't really get this vibe Mm-hmm. You know, that probably would have been a little more conveyed if, you know, I had more pages to read and, and you know, had, the, you know, because the author was attempting to kind of, like, uh, get it all set up. Yeah, and I feel like um, with um, the with the Hunger Games, though, in particular, um, there's some Foley work going on here in the background here, folks. All right. So, anyway, uh, I feel the Hunger Games, like, I, I read the book before I saw the movie, so maybe that's why, like, the gaps were already filled in, but I feel like the presentation of the movie... Like, I feel like Katniss was a much more likable character in the movie than the books. And I feel like I actually believed her as a badass more in the movie than I did in the books. Okay. So there's a lot there. And they, they stripped out a lot of the useless stuff with the government and, like, the, the games that I felt like didn't need to be in there. So I felt like there was a decent streamlining of that. Um, but when we talk about Game of Thrones, like, there's, like, I have friends who, you're, like, you, you're your buddy that they, they just can't fathom the idea of people, like, liking this because they've read, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Game of Thrones, like, it, to me, it's really well-written, compelling television. And I know there's probably a lot of depth out there that I'm missing, but the fact that I feel like I'm getting more than enough with this isn't driving me to read the books. Like, I'm like, maybe I'm the, the outlier with that. Like, but Yeah, and I think one of the great things with Game of Thrones is, like, 
George R. R. Martin had already written um, a massive world with Westeros having so many characters uh because like you know when you read the books um like there's times when you read you you know you'll read one book you don't hear about that guy for like another book and a half yeah like he just kind of like here's what's going on in this part of westeros this character's doing this and then like we'll get back to them you know and 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 my complaints before with like tv shows where um uh, you know they take they take characters and and they have to give you know small characters big roles or big parts to like you know I was talking about this like recently on a couple other casts about how they have to justify having those people there and they give them a small story and I think yeah. I used I used True Blood as an example. That's well, true. Yeah. I I I remember I read the first four or five books of the Charlene Harris novel series okay. that they based True Blood off of and I think it was they had all these the, the Dead by Midnight and things like that um, th- but it was centered around uh, Anna Paquin's character Suki being a somewhat of a psychic detective in a supernatural world and they followed that pretty well and up until a point, I want to say about the third or fourth season, and then they just kind of started to go off on things. And they stuck to a little bit of source material, but it seemed vastly different. Like, okay. like in the books, um, there were characters like uh, her best friend Tara uh, in, the, in the show um, – who was like a mainstay and a main staple throughout the whole season was a very, very small bit part in the book, like brief mention. Okay. Um, and then like we were talking about how, uh, you know, things like walking dead, um, they do six stick to some source material, but then they start to spin their own. That's how we got Daryl Dixon. Daryl Dixon hasn't showed up in the comics. Wasn't in the comics. He's a runaway hit on the show. Yeah. That is something that's not source material, but worked. Um, they kind of also did that with um, uh, True Blood because in the first, if anybody's watched the first season of True Blood, um, you can hit spoiler alert. Spoiler! Spoiler alert! The season ends on like a cliffhanger because there's a murder and somebody finds a body in a car. And there's uh, a gay character in the, the TV show and the book um, named Lafayette. And. In the book, it is him. He gets okay. killed, and he's in the back of the car because he's got painted toenails. And then they do that. They do that same cutaway on the show. In the last episode, you see the feet with the painted toenails. And book readers were like, oh, we know who that is. Yeah. They twisted it. It wasn't him. It was someone else. So they kept him alive. And that character, even though he was in a book as a small part, he carried through the whole six seasons of that series. And did they actually give him something to do that was interesting, or was this kind of? Because I feel like that happens sometimes where you you zig when you want to zag, yes, and then and you're kind of left with like, well, haha, we fooled you. Yes, now and what no. are we going to do with this person? He definitely became an interesting sidekick character. Like the actor who played him, it was he was very good, um, and it was it was entertaining enough. But then they started to kind of like go into the realm of like, oh well, well now he can like he's a medium and he can see ghosts. Okay. And it was just kind of like one, he's dead in the books, so that's not source material to stick to it. And two, you're you're trying to make his character more interesting, but I think like he was simple enough where like the actor playing him was so good and it was enjoyable to have the character on the screen. You didn't need to give him more. Yeah. And I feel like they tried to give him more and it ruined it. Oh, see, I feel like with, uh, in the case of game of Thrones, like I know that you're, it's more of an ensemble in the book as well, as opposed to like these main characters, but like uh Tyrion, uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Uh, he, from my understanding, he isn't as 
like the pivot point of the entire series is it feels like he is on the TV show right now. And if he was to suddenly die, then I think I would just be like, all right, I'm done. Like, yep. and, I, and I feel like it's it bad because Game of Thrones is that kind of show where it's like, you like this person? Don't, don't get attached to them. But right. I feel like he's kind of like, he has to be the follow through. And, and, and people have gravitated towards his performance so much. That it's almost like it's almost like he's unkillable, but that doesn't that well. No, yeah, I know. Cross my fingers. I hope not. Well, but, there was. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember they did the fight. It was the fight at Blackwater. Yes, Blackwater uh, Bay. Blackwater Bay. Um, I remember that episode, and I remember when he gets wounded in the show. He just has that scar on his face. Yeah. Um, in the book, he gets his nose cut off. Yeah, like, like he's brutal, like, completely like no front nose anymore. And they even make a joke kind of to it in the show. I remember watching it where they were like, oh, I, you know, uh, Cersei says something to him like, uh, oh, she's like, your wound was much more greatly exaggerated. I heard your nose was cut <laughs> off. So. so, so I mean, I guess like uh, and I also kind of want to get to. So we, um, the Dark Tower is filming right now as well. And I love the Dark Tower. I love Stephen King. Uh, my one, my one friend always calls me a Stephen King apologist. Like I will always be like, he's so good. And then I'm like, yeah, I know the endings aren't always great. Like I just, but I love his books. Not all of them stick to landing, but I love them. Right. Um, and so the dark towers filming, which I, I told Joe before we started recording that I do not believe this movie exists until I actually get to sit in the theater and watch it. Cause I've had the rug pulled out from under me so many times already, but they're de- deviating greatly from what we know as a source material just by casting. And I think that's, it's not a bad thing. They got Idris Elba to play role in the gunslinger, which like Idris Elba right now is the badass of all yeah. badasses. We were talking about how much we love Idris Elba like yeah. beforehand. It was just like, we could like, Oh, I love Idris Elba. But in the books he was written more like Clint Eastwood. So you have more of like, you know, a lanky, you know, older like white guy. And it's like, but you got Idris Elba, playing this character but he he could play haunted he can play like a man with a mysterious past he can play where you don't have to give him dialogue he can just look at you and you get everything you need and that is perfect for the character of roland i've never i'm i'm slightly familiar with roland i've never read the dark tower um but i have a feeling if king wanted to paint a paint a paint a clint eastwood picture of this character i feel like like if so, like Dark Tower side, if somebody was like Idris Elba is going to do a Fistful of Dollars remake, I'd be like, cool. All right, I'm totally no down. Yeah, with you know, you're so it's like yeah, it's like oh, you know, if you want him to be that that lone if, guy in the yeah. western, you're like I'm down, I'm down. Yeah. Like like I could totally see him doing that. Like I I'm still kind of really hoping he pulls off James Bond. I mean, that's like a side thing. I don't oh, want to get into amazing. that, yeah. but if they can get Make him, him Doctor pl- Who, I don't care. Like, I mean, it's like, whatever. He'd that be, would be really cool if he, he was Doctor Who, too. He'd like, be like if, the most sour Doctor Who ever. Like, I, no, I would kind of want him to see, see him be a little funny. Yeah. Like, I because he is always super serious. Yeah. But, yeah. No, so, like, in terms of, like, so, like, some people hold hold their source material so close to them. What I mean by that is, like, Harry Potter... And I'm not bashing Harry Potter. People have grown up with that series. They love it. And they hold it dearly. So that when the movie started changing, like the, the second half of the movies, because the books kept getting bigger. So yeah. how do you how do you still do a two-hour Shave movie that makes off. sense? Yeah. And some people were upset that some characters were combined. Like some scenes weren't there. I, I just feel like if people I, – I, I almost feel like you want to see these books become movies. But then the realization of like you only have 90 to 120 minutes generally – how do you get across so much story? People have to pick and choose for their screen for their screenplay. Yeah. What they're going to give you. Like, and I, and I get that. And I you know there's been movies, you know, that I've seen, you know, thinking of like comic books too cuz like a lot of times they have to like 
pick things from comics that are going to translate well to an audience. Yeah. So the source material is going to get shaved down a little bit. Um, I think, uh, and you know, I, I blame the writing strike for this, but Amazing Sp- or not Amazing Spider Man, but Spider Man Three. You know, trying yeah. to get, trying to squeeze Venom in there because, uh, you know, the the studio wanted Venom. You know, and it was just like, you know, it, the source material wasn't there. That was like a good um, example of like, you know, we totally just wanted to get this in here. We didn't go with all, go off of any source material. Yeah. Um, but and, then you also have things too that are that play it so safe where they don't make any any changes really, like um, like the Da Vinci Code. Like uh, I read that book. I hate that book. I read that book and I saw the movie and the movie's better than the book because the movie's shorter and it has Tom Hanks and it actually can, it actually edits down some of the more like just fluff, you know, but it's like, it was so safe. It was so safe because people held that book so dear for some reason that Ron Howard couldn't take any chances and actually make it different, you know, like, and and I'm not saying make things different for different sake, but if you feel as a creator that, that you take something and your, your goal is to interpret it to a different medium, and that you feel that everything in front of you is exactly how it should be, then I don't know, like, then why why even put it up in that different medium then? Right. Like, even Sin City is still different somewhat from the books. Not much, but still different. And they had to tell a movie story, not a comic book story with Sin City. You know, even though you had, you know, the guy who made the books there helping direct it. Right. You Sin know? City was a great piece of work for being translated from... Sin City and because Sin City's all overlapping stories the entire time, right? right? It's there's no but big. If you go back and like if you pick up because they come they comprise the the whole anthology of Sin City from the movie into the books. Like if you go back and read like what Frank Miller worked on, um, like you you can see like frame by frame. Like I actually watched uh, the movie with the book, looking at the book, and okay. like you know Robert Rodriguez took. Uh, the frames, like you know how they look in the book, it looks—it's amazing how he did that. Hmm. Um, another fun thing is, if you ever get a chance to to find to watch it, I can't remember if it, it's in one of the DVD specials. They have a whole cut of the whole movie just green screened, and it's oh, really—it's really bizarre to watch it that way because of all the actors interacting with nothing. Yeah, because like there's so many scenes in that movie where those actors aren't talking to anyone. And then he added them in later. Wow. Like, there were a lot of scenes. Like, I think Mickey Rourke never met Jessica Alba at all <laughs> on set, but he has scenes with her. Yeah. You know, and things like that. Like, so, I mean, it's a very, very cool movie to be made if you ever want to research it a little bit. Um, but Sin City is a great example. So is Watchmen. Um, if, like, the, if you want to talk, talk about, about source material. Yeah. Source material. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people who held Watchmen in high regards, and then Zack Schneider tweaked one little thing. Well, and, I think I think he tweaked a couple things, but and, he tweaked one big thing, yeah, which didn't stick to the source material, but it still worked really, really well. And, and I don't have a problem with it. I know and, a lot and of people. I really have a wonder. With it. It's one of those situations. I really wonder had I not read Watchmen first mm-hmm. and watched that movie if if it would bother me. You know, like well, I I I didn't. It didn't bother me. Did you read Watchmen before you oh, saw yeah. the movie? Okay, I I mean, there's. I, I had my I have opinions about Watchmen in terms of like I understand why they didn't do the ending the way that the book was because some of that would be a little over the top and you might lose the audience mm-hmm. but I also feel like it lost a little bit of the impact at the end just a little bit because like you know you don't see you don't see the scope of what happened you just see like Blue Man and what's her face at a crater and that's it you don't see like the actual 
chaos of what has happened. And the book really did a good job of showing you his plan executed. You know, and I feel like that was a little lost. But I think the shock value was more there in the book. I agree. And I and, and again, there's one of those, those casting decisions where they had what's his face is uh, Ozzy Mandis. Um, I forget the name of the actor now. That he was kind of hot for a second, and then like he looked kind of like you know like David Bowie, and they had him. And, but when in the book, Ozymandias looked more like Steve Rogers, like Captain America. Yeah. And I, you know, the, the casting's casting, and they made the decision. <laughs> I was like, well, that's not the book I know, but I'm just as guilty of that, you know, like where like I wanted it to be the all American hero that you don't realize what's going on the entire time when he looks a little kind of conniving at the very beginning. You're like, I don't know if I trust that guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I trust that Ozymandias, but, uh, but like, so then the big, big one, and we're going to wrap this up here in a second. So please let us know on our social media, on our Facebook page, invasion of the podcast at invading podcast. Uh, sorry, our Gmail is invading podcast, Gmail, Twitter at invading podcast. Let us know if there's stuff that you think like that you shouldn't mess with the source material or things that you feel like have done well with it. Like, the Shining. I keep coming back to The Shining over and over again. I love that book. I hate that movie. And I feel like I should give the movie another chance. But I feel like it's one where there was changes made that didn't need to be made. But I also feel like I'm not like I know I'm in the minority. Like a lot of people love that movie. Um, but I feel like Kubrick wanted to make this more of a like a psychological horror than a supernatural horror. But then he kept psych- uh, supernatural elements in it. And I'm like, just if you're going to, my whole thing is if you're going to go one way, then go one way. Go that way. Don't go that way and then go back. Because it felt like he was kind of trying to have it both ways. But yeah. Um, so, so yeah, is there, I guess to put a pin in this because we got, got a game here in a second. Is there something that you know from one medium to another that you've enjoyed the change, the, the presentation? Like, or is there something, I don't know. I, I just, I, for me, like, um, like I said, I, I thought The Hunger Games was a better movie than a book. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like a couple things. I'm trying to think. Um, better, better, better movie than the book. Not really. I mean, Shawshank Redemption, just because it does, it does, it transcends like that. Yeah, but, but I didn't read Shawshank Redemption. It, well, it's good. And oh, let's talk about casting too. Morgan Freeman, his character was called Red because he was supposed to be an old Irish Irish guy with red hair. In yeah. the book, so they make that joke in the movie, you know, because it's like. I, well, they do that a lot now, though. I mean, they, I, no, that's fine. They I do mean, that yeah. now a lot because they try to do the whole forward thinking thing. Yeah, but like back then, it wasn't as much. Yeah, like that was just a great cast with with um, uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, but um, they do a lot of they do a lot of stuff like that now, which doesn't bother me. No, um, as long as the actor is great. Um, you know, I actually like like to think of something recently. Like they used uh like Jamie Foxx playing Electro when he played Max Dillon in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Did you watch Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah, Spider-Man I did. Yeah. Um, and Electro's a white guy. Normally, yeah. The Normally, comics, yeah. yeah. And he's also not like um, some nerdy Riddler guy that works at a corporation. Uh, he's an electrician. So, But uh, you know, aside from that source material, it's fine. I actually liked Jamie Foxx Electro. I thought his yeah. character was interesting. I just thought that, that the way that they wrote some of his lines... And got him from point A to point B of being Electro was kind of bad. Yeah, like no, I, I thought the the look was cool, and I liked I liked him as a villain. I thought Jamie Foxx gave him a good sinister edge, but the writing was just like I'm not, not so much like I'm not. I don't care about the source material. I think that's one change I did like. I was like I kind of dig this Electro, but unfortunately, the story that they wrote for that whole movie was kind of eh. That, that's fair. Um, yeah, and then also like just thinking like the there's that trailer just came out for the remake of the Magnificent Seven. 
So people yeah, are, I didn't watch that yet, I but yeah, I saw that. People were starting to get upset about Which it. Which is funny. Like, people don't need to get upset about The Magnificent Seven, because The Magnificent Seven is a remake of another movie. Of Seven Samurai. Yeah. You know, so like, you yeah. can't get mad people like, you can't remake Magnificent Seven. I'm like, well, I bet you a lot of people were thinking you can't remake Seven Samurai. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, if you guys have... Which I did watch Seven Samurai, but I've never wow. seen The Magnificent Seven. I need to watch that. Like, I... I like, Seven Samurai was really good. We we need to check in here soon on how our, we're doing with our resolutions for the year. Terrible. <laughs> I don't I, even remember what mine are. I'll go. I'll go back and make a list. It's fine. Like I, <laughs> I got caught up as best I could in the Doctor Who. Now it's on Amazon Prime, so I'll I'll keep watching it. But, uh, but yeah, please let us know if there's like some source material that you feel like you know. I don't know. Like the when I say source material, I'm not talking just remakes. I'm talking like people. There's some things like uh, well, remakes should count too because that's source material. Yeah, but I guess the big thing we we talked about this like, a little bit, like Lord of the Rings. That was mm. the sacred cow, and they made some decisions to make that a more watchable movie. The first three. I'm not talking didn't. about the other stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about the first three, yeah. The first three I thought they stuck to really well, because I reread I read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit when I was in high school, and then I reread uh, Lord of the Rings when it came out and hit the theaters just to kind of get a refresher. And I remember reading them, and I was just like, after you know, after I watched the movies, and I'm like, wow, they did a good job of hitting a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, they left out a few things here, like a lot of the singing, uh, which they tried to bring back into like the Hobbit and the yeah. Desolation of Smog, Smaug. Movie, Smaug, Desolation of Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> which I think would have been a pretty cool movie too. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah, I thought Peter Jackson stuck to Lord of the Rings really well. Um, maybe not like a hundred percent. You know, there were a few things that were out of it, but for the most part. Yeah. So, all right. So um, this could, I'm sure we could go on and on and on. For this, yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. too much. But um, point is, there's a lot of things. It's like we do accept uh, change um, with things in it that sometimes makes it better. Uh, sometimes it makes it worse. Well, I just think ultimately with like, especially books, I think people read them and they put the movie in their mind when like, I mean, like if they, I mean, well, like they create this image in their head as they read it. So of course things are going to match exactly. As we're they, definitely you know. going to revisit this whole thing when Ready, Ready Player, Player One, One comes out. Yes. I can already tell you right now, it's going to be a better movie than a book. I can tell you that right now. Like, uh, I, I have a, I have a it, sneaking feeling that it's going to be that way too. It could be a Viewmaster with a record playing. It's going to be a better movie than, you know, than that book. Probably going to be better written too. Anyway. <laughs> Ernest Klein slam. All right. <laughs> I just, I Paul so loves good. Ernest Klein. Oh, I do so much. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Sorry, China. We didn't play. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this. Sorry, China. Yeah, we didn't mean sorry, to play yeah. Triple H's music. Yeah. Um, so in honor, like we were just trying to think of something to do to honor Prince and uh, like, so the song 1999, everyone knows that song. I was just thinking we did this a while ago where we did, uh, what was it? Uh, what movies was the it? Bo- was it? The yeah. box office barometer. Yeah. It was something like, I forget, it was like some, some year in the eighties, like 84, or 85. 84, 85. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to take the year 99. And so I took the top 50 grossing movies from 99 and I'm going to ask Joe if a movie did better or worse than the 25th movie. From 1999, 25th movie is Pokemon, the first movie. The which wait wait, Pokemon that was number movie. 25. Yeah, it made 85 million dollars that year. Whoa! So adjusted for inflation, it's probably like six billion dollars. I don't know. So you're going to tell me if the movies did better or worse than Pokemon, the first movie? That's tough because animated movies usually. Uh, 
and this is Pokemon, so it was right. a big deal. It was it was the first movie. So we're gonna do um, any given Sunday, better or worse than Pokemon. Worse. You're right. It made seventy five million. Um, why did I have that on here twice? Oh, like Wait, how much did Pokemon make? Eighty five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you said twenty eight for a minute. Yeah. No, it it was twenty eighth behind. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, because I realized I copy pasted some of this twice, so this is going to be a little weird. All right. Um, the world is not enough. James Bond, better or worse? Uh, better. Better. One hundred twenty-six million. Yeah, Bond usually holds up. Yeah. World is not enough. Really? That came out in ninety-nine. Yeah. Jeez, um, I remember when I went and saw that. Stigmata. Remember that? Oh, Gabriel they had Hurt? to do worse. Yeah, they did. That, that um, was an interesting concept for a movie, but it, it, the first three quarters were pretty good, and then it kind of fell apart. If I remember, yeah, right. like up until like like. I think she started getting really close to the last wound. It was like, it was like interesting. Yeah. So that had Gabriel Byrne being a nice priest. If you remember, right. He was the one trying right. to help. So then I'll give you end of days also came out the same year. Technically he wasn't a mean priest. He was the devil. No, he was the devil, right? Better or worse than Pokemon. Worse. It is worse. It made 66 million. So I thought, but it was like really weird to see Gabriel Byrne be like, Oh, he's a helpful priest. And then, Oh, he's not so helpful priest. He's the devil. Yeah. Like, so, and that was also like the last Guns N' Roses song for like a long time. Oh, I remember that when yeah. it was a Chinese democracy. The yeah, the, album. Supposedly, but remember that was still like a few years away from being released. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that was also Schwarzenegger's like last movie before. Before Governor stuff. Yeah, something like that, I think. Yeah, because I think he did collateral damage, but they pulled it. Yeah. Because of 9-11 and then he went into office. Yeah. Well, this was 99, so. Yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, it was towards... Yeah, he didn't do many action movies there for a while. Um, let's see what we got here. Blair Witch Project, better or worse than Pokemon? Ooh, you know what? I'm going to say better. You're right. $140 million. That movie was... That That was like the 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 birthing of, of a lot of like reality yeah. stuff. That movie, Even though that movie was fake. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I was like, this isn't going to scare me. And then I left the theater going, what was that ending? And then I went to sleep that night and couldn't stop thinking about that ending. And I did not sleep that night. Like, it Man. was very, like, it It was one, because something about the very end of that movie where the sound starts cutting out because she's running away from the tech guy, the sound tech guy. So she's running through the basement with the camera. She's further away from the guy recording the audio. It's something about that and her running in the basement just gets me. Like, right. I don't know what it is, but you know, I, I'm not going to sleep tonight now. I would, like, t- yeah. I'm going to tell Mary to go stand in a corner while you go to bed. Ugh. Don't do that. Ugh, don't no. Don't do yeah. that. That movie I went and saw it in the theater too. That was like uh that was like right around the like the high school times, I think, where we were all like like, let's go see scary movies. And uh I just remember watching it and I was like, I don't want to go in the woods. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm good I'm done. with any woodland done. area. Yeah. Um all right, let's see what else we got here. Stuart Little. Better or worse? Worse. Better. hundred and forty million. Really? Written by M. Night Shyamalan, if you remember. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Wait, is it that's the live action one, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think the third one was they finally got uh animated. With Michael J. Fox as the voice of the mouse. That I did know. Yeah. Um all right, well Wild Wild West, better or worse than Pokemon? Oh God, better. Yeah. That movie un unknowingly made money. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it made hundred and thirteen million in the Wild Wild West. Yeah, Will all Smith. Right. Will Smith direct or fights the director of Thor one. <laughs> yeah. Um Bowfinger. Better or worse? Worse. Yeah, worse. 66 that, million. That, I heard, was a bomb, though. Yeah. Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. The first one? Yeah. Better. Worse. Oh. Yeah, it made uh, 65 million. That was actually a kind of funny movie. I remember enjoying That wasn't that bad, yeah. Um, what else we got here? Uh, we'll do a couple more. Um, South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. 
Better or worse than Pokemon? Uh, better. Worse. Fifty-two oh. million. You know what's funny is uh, I remember that. I, it's funny you should bring up Wild Wild West and South Park because I'll never forget. Like two of my buddies um, who listened to the cast, we were getting together in the summer, and we had the newspaper out. Yeah, newspaper. We didn't have no fancy internet with the phones and Fandango. You had one uh, of those printed apps. One of them printed apps, and we were standing at the. Um, island in his in his parents' kitchen, and we're sitting there arguing over what movie to go see. <laughs> and I was like, I think we we I think we decided on South Park. Uh, well, but good. it was between Wild Wild West and South Park. Wow, we went okay. to South Park. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm glad. Well, you made the right decision. I still saw um, Wild Wild West, but uh, American Pie better or worse than uh, Pokemon? Ooh, I'm gonna say worse. Better. 102 million dollars. Really? That's that's a lot of, of pie effing. You know, oh, American Pie. Yeah. I was thinking of American Beauty. Oh, well, let's see here. Is that on here as well? I think it is one here. Um, let me find it. I think American Beauty was next year or a year after that. Oh, you might be right because I, I swear I saw it on here. Um, yeah, okay. No, okay. So American Beauty, better or worse? Better. Better. $130 million. It, w- it won Best Picture that year. Yeah, yeah it did. So. But American Pie, also better. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Remember that? Tim I wanna Sleepy s- Hollow? Yeah, I want to say better. Yeah, $101 million. Hundred and one million, I should say, because I feel like Tim Burton carries a little bit of money with him when he does movies. Well, that and it was um, Christopher Walken. Like you saw his head for like a second, but other, otherwise he was just headless horseman. Which you got Christopher Walken, you don't have him talking to anybody. I don't. That seems weird, but anyway, um, Entrapment just for that one scene with the lasers. That's a good scene. I remember <laughs> seeing. No, I remember seeing that trailer, and I was like, I'm going to see that movie. Yeah, uh, better or worse. Mm, worse slightly better it was 24th that year with 87 million dollars all right so then sean connery gets stuck making that movie i don't know um all right anything else in here that is interesting um star wars episode one better or worse (laughs) yeah better 431 million dollars for some racing yeah um all right so just just some quick ones here just to give you an idea of what that year was number two the sixth sense also m night Shyamalan, 293 million dollars Mm. And then number three, Toy Story 2, the mm. movie that makes you cry. And then number four, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me with $206 million. That makes sense because Austin Powers, that, that, first that movie one, was The second one was hysterical. The first one was really good, too. The first one was good. The second one was good. And then the third one, well, I think Mike not Myers good. was like, I'm defeated. Yeah. And then number five, The Matrix with $171 million. So anyway, um, that there's some. I was surprised at the number of movies there that I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember those, you know, like because. There's only certain summers that you think are like, that's the best summer for movies. And there's actually some good ones there. But the moral of the story is Joe went to go see South Park instead of Wild Wild West. And I think that was the best decision. So, all right. uh, That'll do it for us this week. Uh, We... uh, We're just going to do... Odd Mall. Odd Mall is... Odd Mall's next week. uh, Yeah, the 30th. Um, We we are not going to give up on Alien Day. Uh, So we will be at Odd Mall talking about the Xenomorphs. Yeah. So, Um, so. And if you do show up, we are going to try to get some audience participation. Ah, I can't talk. Audience (laughs) participation. We're going to try to get you guys to help us. Yeah, and we're going to just put, um, we're going to have eggs there, and they're going to open with a surprise inside. Yep. No, uh, so yeah, please check us out at Odd Mall. Like that's going to be in Akron. We'll have the event details up on the page. So there will not be a show until later in the week next week like it's going to be saturday i'll probably right. have like if, if everything goes well all recording goes well the show will be up that sunday so this is gonna be the longest gap that we've had we're gonna have a big gap you yeah. guys are gonna have to do something uh 
Yeah, just like listen to our shows on a loop. Oh, we, we've given idea. you enough of them. Go know, back, go back and listen to some of your favorite shows. Yeah, and tell tell us what your favorite shows are. If they involve Halloween and Joe, I could probably tell you which ones they are. So that's quite a popular one. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to get drunk again and do one of these podcasts just for please, your people's please. amusement. I want to just get Kevin back on and it'll be... We'll get oh, Kevin you want to get together. Kevin on? I was going to say, I, should we plan this or should I just randomly show up hammered? Uh, <laughs> we should do it, but then we should make you watch something that you don't want to watch and then record you. I told you I want to watch Batman vs. Superman drunk. Yeah, we could do that. That would be. That'd be I think we're going to get like a, like a group for this. We'll get, we'll get Steve over from Saturday Night Slasher. Yeah, and, Steve will come over. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely down for that. Yeah, um, a good time. <laughs> I, I don't I, know I, what else we could watch. We could do a uh, we could do a drunk Netflix Wheel of Death preempted drunk next Netflix Wheel of Death. Oh my goodness! You just like have pick six things. Like we we all come forward with something that we hate, and then we all like so that way there's there's the vested interest of not getting the one thing that we hate the most. And so let's just kind of riff track it. I don't know. We'll have to figure something out. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, I just like how we're like totally condoning getting drunk. <laughs> And watching a movie. It it could be the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. It could be. But yeah. Anyway, so all right, so we'll see you guys at Odd Mall. Uh, and until then be safe. Um I really thought doing this for like a full year we'd have a really good sign off. Uh, like, you know, other than we're gonna I get think you. the best thing is we don't have a good sign off. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I keep wanting to say like watch the skies, but I was like that sounds like a threat too. I don't like I don't like that. Like we're gonna drop stuff on like, you. We don't know we're gonna evade next. We're we'll get, get you, you. though. We're going to get you. <laughs>